Good evening, Expression House. Welcome to another Bible study session. Welcome to the presence of God. It's with uh, great joy and um, humility and um, what would I call it? Privilege that I stand in front of you this evening to bring us the word of God. I want to specially appreciate the man of God, the shepherd, under God over this house, Pastor Fred, for giving me this platform and um, giving me the opportunity to share the word of God with us tonight. And I trust God that God has a word for each and every one of us tonight, even as we delve deeper into the topic of the fruit of the Spirit, as I share with us on the fruit of our meekness tonight. So I pray that God would um, minister and expound his words even in our hearts in the name of Jesus, that the little words that he has put in my heart and in my mouth to say, we bless us and he would expound it much more even in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. First, I was at, everybody is looking so quiet and, um, you know, I don't know. Are we, are we happy to be in church this evening? <laughs> ah, we are happy to be in church. Or is it because of, don't let me, because of what is happening in the country? No, uh, because regardless of whatever is happening in the country, what I know is that the children of God are safe, they are secured, and God has got us. And um, the economy of the country does not determine the economy of the children of God because we run on the economy of heaven and not on the economy of Nigeria. Amen? Amen. All right, so uh, very quickly this evening, you see, I, I brought a very small paper so that <laughs> I don't have to talk much and then God will do most of the work. All right, like I've said, I'm going to be teaching, I'm mean, sorry, I'm going to be taking the fruit of um, meekness tonight, even as we go deeper into the fruit of the Spirit. So I understand that for several weeks now, we've been uh, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, talking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and faith. And I expect that by now, we all know the anchor scripture by heart. Huh? Do we all know the anchor scripture by heart? Galatians 5.22, scripture says that, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and faith. And against such, there is no law. Shall we read uh, that anchor text this evening? Let's not just quote it off of our head. Galatians 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5 and verse 22. Okay, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no Lord. We've had several people come to talk to us, pastor inclusive, and some of our leaders come to talk to us about some of these uh, manifestations of the fruit of the, of the Spirit. And I understand that in each of their teachings, they have established the fact that the fruit of the Spirit are the works of the Holy Spirit in us as believers. The things that the presence of the Holy Spirit in us accomplishes. Which brings me to say that the, the workings of the Holy Spirit which produces the fruit of the Spirit are in the life of a Christian to build character in us. To build character in us. You know, it is... Um, a very popular, uh, what would I call it now? A very popular thing, in, in, uh, especially in this age, to see Christians who feel that, oh, once I'm born again, I just need to believe in Christ. What I do after that does not matter. 
I can live my life the way I want to live. I can do whatever I want to do. So far that um, I, I believe in Jesus and I'm born again, I can do whatever I like and I will still make it to heaven. I can do whatever I like and um, I shall know that in my mind I believe in Christ and then I'm born again. But then the scripture is driving us that the Holy Spirit is not just in us for fashion's sake. It's not just in us for being in us sake. It's in us that he might work some things in us. And these things that he's working in us are the things that we have been discussing over the past um, few weeks. I have with me, I said for weeks now we've been discussing the topic of the fruit of the Spirit. And um, tonight I have the privilege to share with us the word of God concerning weakness, oh, sorry, meekness. So from the different sessions, we have come to understand that the fruit of the Spirit are the works of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is present and alive in every believer. He's present and alive in every believer, everyone that has professed Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Very quickly, shall we open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 from verse 16 to 20, very quickly as we read. We'll be reading uh, a lot of scriptures tonight, it's Bible study. Matthew chapter 7. I'll be reading from uh, verse 16 to 20. Okay. The Bible says that ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of tistos? The next verse. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Next verse. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And then the last verse, wherefore by their fruit ye shall know them. That was Jesus speaking. He says that by their fruit ye shall know them. So the uh, anchor scripture in Galatians 5.22 is driving home to the point that by this fruit we will know those who are by the Spirit of God. By this fruit we will know those who the Spirit of God is truly working in them. By these things, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It says that by these things shall we know those who live by the Spirit of God. Because these fruits are only produced by the Spirit of God. They are only produced by the Spirit of God. So it says that um, these are the things that we see in the life of people who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit works in them. There's a uh, Bible verse in Philippians 3.20 that I love to quote very much. It says that, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in us and is at work in us, working both to will and to do of the good pleasures of God. Oh, no, not Philippians 3.20 now. But Philippians uh, 2.13, rather. Yes, 2.13. It says that for the Spirit is in us, he is working in us, both to will, and to do of the good pleasures of God. You know, many times, um, just to evade topics around, uh, topics that question our character, we are quick to say, oh, I'm a man. Anybody that um, is not default in character, let him also come out and speak. But then the Bible says that the moment you gave your life to Christ, he has given you a spirit, and that spirit is at work in you for him to will and to do the things that are the good pleasures of God. So you have no excuse anymore. You have no excuse anymore. You know, man, I saw this quote somewhere that says that whenever you stand to say, oh, I'm a man, that's why I fall. Instead of saying that, why not just um, say 
the grace of God has been made available for me, and so I walk in the things that God will want me to walk in. So instead of using being a man to, to serve as, as an excuse, use the grace of God to stand as an excuse for you to live right in the things that God has called you to live in. So the fruit of the Spirit speaks to the character of a Christian, and that means that for those who have the Spirit of God, these are the kinds of fruits that we produce. Very quickly, let's also read um, John 15 and verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. Okay, Jesus saying, he says that I am divine and you are the branches. He that abide in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I am divine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And without me, ye can do nothing. We quoted Galatians 2.20 on Sunday. We even made it our confession. He says that I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But I'm no longer the one living, but Christ that is living through me. And the life that I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Which means that the moment you became a Christian, according to 1 Corinthians 5.17, the Bible says that if anyone be in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Usually we call that scripture when people tend to judge us and bring up our past, that you, we know who you are. But then, I just saw a new light to that scripture while I was teaching my student on Sunday, saying that there, you have been called into a new life now, and we have to begin to see those new things that are associated with the new life that you now have. And that is what we have been studying for the past few weeks. Those things that... God is expecting to see in those that are called his children. To see in those that are called his children. So meaning that the life that I have after I get born again is the life of Christ through me. Is the life of Christ through me. Okay, I'm driving my point somewhere. Jesus in uh, John 12, 24 was saying that except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, he says it, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth more fruit. All of this fruit of the Spirit are things that we have seen exemplified by Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, God gave Jesus for us to die for us because he loved us. Um, that, John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we have seen God exemplify these things. We have seen Jesus himself while he came as a man exemplified love, exemplified joy, exemplified forgiveness, exemplified um, faith, exemplified all the nine fruits of the Spirit. So this scripture is saying that if we profess that we have Christ and Christ has died for us to produce many more after himself, it means that these things that we see in Christ, we should begin to see them in us. We should begin to see them in us. So many times, okay, I laugh when I hear people say, okay, probably you're having, um, you're having um, a very odd argument. And then somebody says, forget the fact that I'm a Christian. Normally, I am not okay. <laughs> forget the fact that I'm a Christian. Normally, I'm, I'm mad. And you're wondering where such 
statement is coming from. You know, while I was, while I was you know, pondering over these thoughts in my mind, it, it came to me that it's like, you know, we quoted Galatians 2.20, that the life that we live now is the life of Christ. It's like somebody that is in a coma, and then they place the person on, on oxygen, probably your brother. Okay, you are by your brother. Oh, sorry, don't let me say your brother. Somebody is by their brother in the hospital, placed on oxygen. And then you are like, um, when you say that, okay, forget the fact that I'm a Christian. It's like you are saying, let me remove this life machine for just 20 seconds. And then I'll put it back. Let me remove this. Every time you say, ah, forget the fact that I'm a Christian. I just want to show you madness now. It's like you are saying that, let me first of all live the life that, that I'm living now. Let me put it aside and then deal with you. And then I will go back to living that kind of life. It's not possible. The person will die. The person will die. So we are living the life that Christ has given unto us. And it is important that the things that God has said, he wants to see through his children, be seen in our lives. Okay, uh, Philippians 2.5 also says that let his mind be in you, which is in Christ um, Jesus. So there's no way that you can separate the kind of life that you live from the kind of life that Christ expects you to live. Because the life that you live now is the life that Christ wants to live through you. So, uh, okay, Philippians 2, 13 was the scripture I was trying to quote. Thank you, Pastor, for uh, correcting that. It says that God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasures. So his presence works love. His presence works joy. His presence works peace. His presence works gentleness. His presence works long-suffering. It works goodness. It works meekness and faith in you. But many times the challenge is that we have chosen more to yield to our flesh than we yield to the Spirit of God. Like Pastor will always say that the one that we feed the most is the one that shows the most. If you feed your flesh the most, Many times the flesh will manifest. If you feed your spirit the most, many times the, the spirit will manifest. There's the scripture in Romans that says that now put ye on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. At every point in time, life is presenting us to choose who to obey. Whether we want to obey our flesh, whether we want to obey the devil, or whether we want to be obedient and to yield ourselves to the spirit of God. The Spirit of God will not, you know, He won't purge into our lives and force us to do. You know, God created us and gave us our own willpower. So you have the, 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 the choice to choose at every point in time who you want to yield to. And I heard just tonight that if we want this fruit to be constantly, to be constantly seen in our lives, we have to live a life that is continually yielded to the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is at work in us. But are we choosing to yield to the Spirit of God? Are we choosing to yield to the Spirit of God? Okay, lastly, before I move into uh, meekness tonight, I would like us to read Galatians 5 and verse 16. Galatians 5 and verse 16. Galatians 5 and um, verse 16. Galatians 5 verse 16. It says that this then I say, Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So these things that we are saying, they are not things that are impossible. It is not impossible for you to 
love one another. It is not impossible for you to live a life that constantly believes and have faith in God. It is not impossible for you to have that character of wanting to wait on God. It is not impossible for you to have that character of being good to others. It is not impossible. It is not impossible because it is the life that the Holy Spirit works in us. But he's saying that we should yield to the Spirit and give no room for the flesh to fulfill its lust. We should leave no room for the Spirit to fulfill its lust. So I've said all these things to say that we have not just come here to study the fruit of the Spirit just so that we have knowledge that, oh, there's a place in the Bible where there's the fruit of the Spirit. But no, we are coming so that we, uh, we can have, so that we, our attention can be driven to the point that this is the life that God has called us to live. And that we cannot continue to live and to act in the old ways that we used to anymore. But now we have to come to subject ourselves to the Holy Spirit so that the, the works, the good works of God can be made perfect even in us. So very quickly I'll be moving to uh, what we have tonight which is meekness. <clears throat> meekness. Meekness is um, one fruit of the Spirit that may, we, we really don't uh, like to talk about so much. We really don't like to you know, talk about it that very much because it. Um, Many of us have seen meekness to mean weakness, which is not same. And I pray that as we go into the study tonight, God will expound these things in our hearts and help us to see what meekness truly is. What meekness truly is. So very quickly, before I define what meekness is, I want us to read Philippians chapter 3 and verse 15. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 15. Okay, Philippians 3 and verse 15 says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if in anything be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Verse 16, Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye give us for an example. For many walk, okay, Okay, I think I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading a different verse already. Oh, okay, I'm supposed to read from verse 12, rather. Not as though I had already attained, that was Apostle Paul uh, speaking to the Philippians. It says that not as though I had already attained, either we are already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So very quickly, I define meekness as the attribute of the working of the Holy Spirit in man that helps you to subject and submit to God irrespective of who you are, your accomplishments, and what you have. My first definition of meekness. It's an attribute of the working of the Holy Spirit in you that helps you to subject and submit to God irrespective of who you are, your accomplishments, and what you have. It is an attitude or a quality of the heart whereby a person is willing to accept 
and submit without resistance to the will and to the desire of someone else. And some people have also defined meekness to mean strength and power under control. Strength and power under control. And in scriptures, uh, meekness has also been uh, placed to be synonymous to humility. To humility. So when uh, you see humility, sometimes it's also describing somebody who is meek. Who is meek. Who is meek. So meekness is that quality that helps you to submit to the will of God. Meekness is that quality that helps you to see the end to yourself. That everything that you have and that everything that you are is because God gave you, is because God made you. And in yourself, you are nothing. Remember in the scripture that we read in Matthew, where Jesus said that without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. So meekness is where you come to that point of saying that regardless of who I am, regardless of who I, what I have, I am choosing to submit and to be obedient to the will of God. Also, choosing to submit and be obedient to authority. To authority. All right, uh, very quickly, I want us to read uh, Matthew 11 and then verse 29. We'll be reading a lot of scriptures. I said it's Bible study. Matthew 11 and then verse um, 29. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your soul. You know, while I was speaking to us on the background of the fruit of spirit, I said that the life that we live now is a life that Christ lives in us. So Jesus is saying to us, I am meek. So I am saying to expression house, there is meekness in you. Which is the work that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in you. It says that, take my yoke for I am meek and I am lowly. You know, we like to sing that song. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. Forgetting the fact that Jesus died that he might raise many Jesuses. That he might raise many people to live after the life that he lived. It says that, um, okay, there's this scripture that says that um, the works that I do, it says that even much more than I did will you do because I go unto the Father. So Jesus Christ has said that everything that we have seen him done in the scripture, we have the capability as Christians to do it. So it means that as a Christian, you have the ability and the capacity to bring yourself to that point where you only submit and you subject yourself to the will of God. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8 describes very vividly how uh, meekness was um, exemplified by Jesus. Philippians 2, we'll be reading from verse 5 to 8. Philippians 2, I'll be reading from verse 5 to 8. Thank you very much, media, for helping me out tonight. It says that let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Okay. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. 
verse 8, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9. Verse 9. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. So the scripture here is saying that even though Jesus, we know that Jesus is the son of God. John 1 and verse 1 says that in, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word himself was God. He was God. But then he, 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 he humbled himself. He humbled himself and came. He was obedient unto death. The Bible says that he was humiliated in the, in the, in the worst ways ever humiliated in the worst ways ever, stripped of everything that he could ever glory of, stripped of everything that he could ever glory of. He humbled himself and came to face the humility of dying on the cross like a sinner that he was never, like a sinner that he was never, like a sinner that he was never. So Jesus Christ exemplified meekness, telling us that we can also be meek because we have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead rather is the same spirit that dwells in you and I. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in you and I. So I said meekness is the kind of attribute that shifts focus from yourself and shifts the focus to God. It shifts all the focus from yourself and shifts the focus onto God. So a meek man is a man that has God-fidence. That has God-fidence. That has confidence in God. That has confidence in God. Very quickly, I would like us to read Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 to 24. Jeremiah chapter 9, from verse 23 to 24. Okay, it says, Thus saith the Lord... Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth, let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness and judgment, and righteous in the head. For in these things I delight, seeth the Lord. He says, yes. You have glory, but don't glory. Don't glory in that. Okay, you have riches. Don't glory in that. You have might. Don't glory in that. You have strength. Don't glory in that. But glory in this, that you know that I am the Lord, which exercises judgment and loving kindness and righteousness. Because in these things do I delight. You know what a meek man does? A meek man is a man that is quick to acknowledge that the things that he has are the things that are given to him by God and nothing that he has is of himself. So instead of him saying, oh, I am mighty, he says that the might that I have is the might of God. Instead of him saying that I have strength, he says that the strength that I have is the strength of God. Instead of him saying that I have riches, he says that the riches that I have are those things that are given unto me by God. This, the scripture says that Jesus Christ, for our sake, for our riches, he became poor so that we might be rich. So there is nothing that we have that we can boast about that, yes, I did this by myself. I didn't do this by myself. It was God who gave it unto me. Very quickly, we also read uh, Psalm 
Psalm 34, verse 1 and 2, it's a scripture that I like to read when we are giving thanks. It says that, I will bless the Lord at all times. It says, my, his praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord. The next verse, verse 3, okay, verse 2, it says that the humble will hear and they will be glad. Because the humble are those that acknowledges God at every point in time. They, they, every time people want to, want to um, sack them, glorify them, they say, no, 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 no. Everything that you see is because of the grace of God. The humble will hear and they will be glad. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. And my boasting will not be of myself, but of the Lord. We'll also be reading um, Philippians 5, uh, sorry, Peter, First uh, Peter 5 and verse 5. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Thank you very much, media. You are doing a very wonderful job tonight. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Ye of all, okay, ye all of you, be subject to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. The Bible says God resists, he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. I also like us to read Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 9. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 8 to 9. Ephesians 2 from verse 8 to 9. It says that for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. So where is the room for boasting? Where? Where is the room for boasting? You know, it is, it is a common thing that we see in this age that especially in young people, young folks, uh, youths like us, you know, the moment we begin to see, you know, God doing some things in our lives, we become so pompous, we become so proud. You know, people cannot talk to you anymore. People cannot even advise you. They cannot even, you know, correct you. Any small correction, they are against you. They are against you. The moment you start, you know, uh, manifesting and you start walking in some dimensions of the spirit, it's like, yes, I have arrived. But the Bible says that it is not of us, but by grace, lest any man should boast. So the first point I made tonight is that a meek man is a man that has God-fidence, a man that has confidence in God, a man that has confidence in God. And I want us to see an example in the life of David in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, we'll be reading from verse 36 uh, to 37. That was when David was going to face Goliath and he was giving the testimony of how he had um, killed a bear and then he had killed a lion, okay, thy servant slew, he was talking to Saul, it says that thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he had defiled the armies of the living God. In verse 37, it says that David said, moreover, the Lord delivered me out of the paw, excuse me, of the lion, and out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. You know, he was giving his testimony of, Yes, I killed the bear. Yes, I killed the lion. But it was the Lord that delivered me. 
And through that, he had the confidence to say, yeah, that same God that delivered me from the hands of the lion, that delivered me from the paws of the bear, would deliver these uncircumcised Philistines into my hands today. You know, David could have come and said, uh-uh, no be today with a fight war now. This one a smart thing now. We go just, you know, trash him. But he was a meek man, a wise man. He said it was because God delivered me from their hands. And that same God would deliver me out of the hands of the uncircumcised Philistine. So we have nothing of ourselves that we should boast of. We have nothing of ourselves. You know, we are quick to say, ah, I'm a self-made person. Everything I have, I did it, you know. I, I had sleepless nights, you know. If you know you want, to, you want to pass, you know, you have to be focused. You have to be serious, you know. You lay down all those seven things. You have to, you have to be focused. You, have, you will not sleep, oh. You will not sleep. You would, you know. That was what I did when I was, you know, when I was struggling. You know, all those motivational quotes from people that are at the top that drive the point to self-effort uh, only. As if there was no point in your life when you were down while you were even making that effort that God at some point sent somebody to encourage you. As if there was no point in that time. You know, we are quick many times. <laughs> even saying that you are self-made is a lie. Because everything that you have, you can't do anything by yourself. I used to say that God didn't create any man to live life on their own. You have to live depending on somebody else. The salary that you somebody pays it, that you hit your money, but somebody took his time to plant the seed that germinated into a fruit that you have as to use your money to buy. So nothing that we have or nothing that we have is by our effort. Okay, secondly, I would like to make the point that um, meekness is that of the spirit. You know, I could have titled this as um, the characteristics of a meek person. But I choose to say it in, in this way that, I choose to title it in this way, that these are the things that the Holy Spirit does in you through the spirit of, weak, of meekness. So that you don't think to say, oh, I'm not a meek man yet. No, you have that meekness in you. So I'm helping us to see those things that are worked out in us through meekness tonight. So it helps you to live a life that totally submits to and obey God. That totally submits to and obey God. I've heard a man of God describe pride as any time that you have said that God is not enough for you. It is pride. Every time that you say you want to do something that is contrary to the will of God, you are saying that, oh no, I know better than God. Oh no, my plans are the best. God, I know you have wonderful plans for me, but I think my own are the best for this moment. It is pride. Humility is when you have come to that point to say, yes, I trust God. And I trust that the plans of God for my life are good plans. And I trust that the purpose of God for my life are good purposes. So I choose to do what God will have me to do at this moment. I choose to live the life that God will have me live at this moment. I choose to obey the instructions that God has for me at this moment. So it is living a life that totally submits to the will of God. You know, Many times we, we, we like to choose when we want to obey God and when we don't want to obey God. We live a life that, uh, that many of us have described as partial obedience. And we understand that partial obedience is as bad as no obedience at all. 
no obedience at all. Because if you want to live a life that pleases God, you have to live a life that is in total surrender to God. Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because whosoever will come to God must believe that God is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you have to trust in God's plan for your life and make conscious effort to want to live in the will of God for your life. You know, I, I said this to, this to myself many times, that the most dangerous life I will live is to live a life outside the will of God. Is to live a life that God has not planned for me to live. Is to do something that God has not asked me to do. You know, sometimes when I'm not sure of one particular thing, I say a dangerous prayer. I say, God, I beg, this thing I want to do, if it is not your will, let it not succeed. Because I don't want to live a life that is outside the will of God for me. Everything that I want for my life, I want it to be what God wants for me. Everything that I want to do, I want it to be what God wants me to do. I want it to be what God wants me to do. And knowing the will of God is not hard. The word of God is, is the will of God. This scripture, everything that I see as a promise in the scripture, I know it's because God wants me to know them, that there is promises for me over my life, and I claim them by faith. And I claim them by faith. There's a place in the scriptures that says that whosoever knoweth to do, to do good and doeth it not, the Bible says that to him it is sin. So if you have this word of God and you still claim that you don't know the will of God, I don't know. The will of God is right before us. The word of God, the, the words of life, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20, it says that my son attend to my words. Incline your ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from your heart, but keep them where? In the midst of your heart. Because they are life unto those who find them. And they are health to their flesh. It says that keep your heart with all diligence because out of it proceeds the issues of life. So the word of God, I take, you, you have to come to that point where you take the word of God raw and direct. You don't mix any other thing with the word of God. You know, many times when we read the scripture, the scripture tends to expose places of our weaknesses. So instead of you hiding and saying, ah, okay, I don't want to read the Bible because every time I go kuma, read the Bible, I'm seeing something that I'm not supposed to be doing that I'm doing. But then the Bible says that the scriptures are given for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. So a meek man will say, oh, the scripture says that it is not good for a man to covet after the things of his brother. So I quickly repent of that in my heart, and I move forward. A meek man is a man that subjects himself to total sub submission and total obedience to the word and to the will of God. Okay, thirdly, I'd like to say that uh, meekness is a fruit of the spirit that helps you submit to authority. So it's not just in the area of submitting to God, but in the place of authority, you are able to submit. You are able to submit. In church, you have an HOM over you. The HOM is giving you an instruction, but because her, I'm older than the HOM now. When did this girl even join church that they made her HOM? Who, are, who, are, who is she that I should even listen to her? Uh -uh. Me, I've been to, what is it called? Okay, this uh, thing that we do. Um, remind me again now. Um... YMTS. She have done YMTS. She, she has not even done YMTS and she has already become um, HOM. I know more scriptures than she knows now. Hmm. Submission to authority. Hebrews 13 and verse 17. 
very quickly. We read Hebrews 13 and verse 17. Okay, we time is Hebrews 13 and verse 17. It says that obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch over your soul as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. It says that obey them that has been placed as authority over you. So regardless of who you are, regardless of what you have, meekness, humility is what helps you to submit to authority. Remember that um, soldier that had its servant that was sick. He said to Jesus, he said, even me, I am a man of authority. So just give your word. I submit to whatever it is that you say. Give your word and my servant will be healed. Give your word and my servant will be healed. A man that is meek, a man that is humble, a man that has chosen to submit to authority. Lastly, I would like to say that meekness is a fruit of the spirit that helps you to be teachable. That helps you to be teachable. And ah, time, because I would like to expand very much on this tonight. Because apart from just uh, being teachable uh, by men, even to God, it is important that you are meek, that God can show you his ways, that God can expound his words in your heart. Very quickly, I want us to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 to 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 to 21. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 18 to 21. Aha. Let no man deceive himself. If any man amongst you seemest to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Verse 19 says that for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, it taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Verse 20, and again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Many times we think that we know the scripture and God is saying that I want you to see this scripture in a new light. But then we have come to plateau that, okay, this is, this is, everything that it is to this scripture such that when a preacher is preaching that same scripture you you even know the scripture word for word before he, spe he speaks you already know the next line that he wants to say be teachable be teachable um numbers chapter 12 and verse 3 the bible describes moses as a meek man no surprise in uh psalm verse psalm chapter 103 the bible says that god shows his act to the children of israel but his ways he made known unto Moses because Moses was a meek man. He was a man that humbled himself to be taught of God. He was a man that humbled himself to learn of God. Psalm chapter 147 and verse 6. Psalms 147 and verse 6. Sorry, I'm moving fast because of time. Psalm 147 and verse 6. It says that the Lord lifted up the meek and he casted. The, the wicked down to the ground. He lifts up the meek and he casts the wicked down to the ground. Very quickly, I also want us to read Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. Media, thank you. You are doing a very wonderful job. Thank you very much. It says, for all those things at my hand made, and all those things have been, said the Lord, but to this man I will look. Even him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. 
and trembleth that my word. The best of us, the best of us still knows in part. Nobody fully understands. Nobody fully has gone to the very, very depth of who God is. And we will never, we will never reach there. So it is important that we are meek, that we are humble enough to subject ourselves to God such that God is able to teach us and lead us into deeper dimensions of him. I want us to read something about um, Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul. Okay, let's read James uh, 4 verse 10 before we read about Apostle Paul. James 4 and verse 10. James 4 and verse 10. It says that humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and it shall lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and it shall lift you up. And it shall lift you up. So it is important that we are humble enough to be taught of God. It is important that we don't see ourselves as an highland of knowledge because nobody really is. Nobody really is. The Bible says that eyes has not seen, nor ears has heard, neither has he entered into the heart of men. The things that God has prepared to those who love him. But, but he said in these last days he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. So it takes those who, are sub, who will submit to the Holy Spirit to understand those deep things of God. Those deep things of God. Jeremiah um, 33 3 says that, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. There are many things in God that we do not know. And it takes a humble, a meek and a contrite spirit for God to really teach us those things that we do not know. Uh, very quickly, I also want us to read um, James 1.21 and James 3.13. James 1.21. And James chapter 3 and verse 13. James 1.21. It says that wherefore lay apart all fitness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness, the engrafted word. Okay, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. How did he say you should receive the engrafted word with meekness? Which is able to save your soul. Uh, James 3.13, so very quickly. James 3.13. James 3.13. Okay, it says that who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. With meekness of wisdom. So it is important that we submit and let God himself teach us. It is important that we are humble enough for God himself to teach us. It is important that we submit ourselves for God himself to teach us. So I've said about four things tonight. I said that a meek man is a man who, who has God-fidence, whose confidence is in God. A meek man is a man who submits to the will and to the word of God, who lives in total obedience to God. A meek man is a man that submits to authority. A meek man is a man that is teachable. Is a man that is teachable. So let's yield ourselves to the spirit going forward. Let's yield ourselves to the spirit that the spirit might perfect the word of meekness in our life. Let's not be pompous. Let's not be proud. Let's not boast in self. Let's see and come to the end of ourselves that God 
may fully glorify himself in our life, that God may be able to, you know, there are many things that God wants to do in the life of a man, but if you are proud, it limits God. Because you are telling God that I've already come to, to the highest point that I want to go, so there's no need for you in my life. That is what you are saying to God when you are proud. It limits God. It limits God. It limits God. Uh, there's this story about, um, about Joseph. You know, Joseph in the house of um, Potiphar's house. Joseph was, you know, a house boy. And then he was tempted. Remember, I said that a meek man is a man that subjects and submits to total obedience to God. It says that Potiphar's wife was trying to seduce him. And then Joseph made a statement. He says that I cannot do this thing and sin against God. He was a man that asked the fear of God. He was a man that was willing to submit to total obedience to what everything that God says is bad. Joseph said, no, this is bad. And it is a wicked thing against God. Even though he knew it was something that could get him punished. You know, afterwards he was punished and he was, because he was lied against and then he was taken to the prison. But then, through that act of obedience to God, he went to prison though, but God was preparing him for a lifting that was coming. He didn't know that he was going to the prison to be prepared to become a prime minister. So he had to, God had to, you know, many times God tests us. The Bible says that if you are faithful in little, then it means that you'll be faithful in much. So when God tests you with little authority, how do you handle it? Remember, I define meekness as power under authority. When God gives you a thing, how do you handle it? Do you become pompous afterwards? Or do you handle it as though it was God that gave me? And I, and I acknowledge it and I will do it for the purpose that God has said I should use it for. In Luke 10 and verse 9, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from, from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power. Okay. Verse, eight, verse 10. Verse 10. Uh, no. No. Luke 10. It says that I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I know it's in Luke. Let's see Luke 8, 9. Six, Luke 10, 9. Oh, not 10, 9. 10, 19, rather. 10, 17 to 19. Thank you. Pastor really came to you know, help me out tonight. You know, many times when pastor preaches... I really look up to him the way he quotes scriptures. Me, I, I, I help myself. I say scripture says. So I don't bother say, oh, pastor will say, it, it is there. I'm sure of what I'm saying. Because he knows that he knows it by heart. Me, I, the scriptures, I shall know it's in the Bible. The scripture says. Okay, Luke 10, 19. Okay, let's read from verse 17 rather. Verse 17. Verse 17. It says that, okay, and the servant returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. I can imagine those guys casting out devils. And then they're like, wow, even the devil obeys us. But then they came back to Jesus. They said, the devil, sorry, verse 17 again. They said that even the devil was subject unto us through your name. Verse 18, verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
Behold, I give unto you power, verse 19, to tread upon serpent and scorpion and overhaul the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means haunt you. The power that God has given us is the power for us to tread upon serpents and scorpions. The power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out demons and to set the captives free. Not the power to oppress another person. He has not put you in that position of authority for you to um, use it to take advantage of somebody else. You know, as a leader that is under authority, sometimes the devil wants to use you to manipulate the people that has been put under you because you are in a place of authority to lord things over them. But don't forget that there are sheep that has been put under your care. And remember, we read a scripture that says that you will give account for those that have been put under your care. So it is important that we handle things, places of authority, things that God has put in our hands with all submission, with all meekness, and with all humility. Because we will give account of how we used those things, whether we used them for our own glory or whether we used them for the glory of God. And I hope tonight we have learned one or two things from the spirit, I mean, sorry, from the fruit of meekness tonight. And I pray that God continually expounds this word in our hearts. I pray that God uh, brings us to a place of deeper understanding. And I pray that the Holy Spirit helps us to yield ourselves to him and submit wholly and totally to the spirit of God. You know, the, the, the extent, the degree of your yieldedness determines the degree to which God will use you. Determines the degree to which God will use you. And the degree to which you allow the Holy Spirit manifest himself determines the degree to which we will see Jesus in you. You know, we like to sing, when they see me, they see Jesus. But are you yielding to the spirit that Jesus has put in you? Are you yielding to the spirit that Jesus has put in you? Let's bow our heads as we just say a prayer tonight and just ask God to help us to be more yielded to him. That it will help us to follow Christ as Christ has followed him. That it will help us that we might work out that fruit of meekness that he has put in us. That we will come to the end of ourselves and we will come to that point where we acknowledge that without him, we are nothing. And that without him, we can do nothing. That all that he has given to us, all that we have, is because he has given them to us. And we choose to use them, even to glorify him alone. We choose to use them to honor him alone, and not to glorify ourselves. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for expounding these words in our heart. Thank you because... We know that you are going into our individual hearts and ministering to us and helping us to see areas where we need to, just areas where we need to change tonight. We yield ourselves wholly, even to the Holy Spirit. And we ask, oh God, that the Holy Spirit walks through us and perfects so that the, the things that are good and are perfect of God might be seen in our lives. Father, we bless your name. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'll be bringing up um, Pastor Tim.